Views expressed are Mark and Joe's personally and not those of CTC Capital Management. Hey, Think Realty, thanks so much for watching today and, and being a part of the podcast. We always appreciate you joining us uh, each and every week and participating and giving us feedback uh, and also supporting the guests and the sponsors that we have. So let me jump into the sponsor that we have for today's podcast. Today's sponsor is Real Property Management. Working with the right property management company can put more money in your pocket, not less. Real Property Management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you're maximizing the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with Real Property Management. Visit realpropertymgt.com. That's realpropertymgt.com. I've actually got two guests today, uh, not just one. Uh, I uh, have two that are with CTC Capital Management. And uh, so, Joe, we're going to start with you. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, give us an overview of the company, uh, and then you guys can kind of introduce yourselves and kind of give us uh, the 10,000-foot view, and then we'll jump in and start talking investing and markets and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, CTC Capital Management uh, was formed in 2017 uh, as an alternative investment platform uh, focused on multifamily real estate. Um, we we basically form closed-end funds. Um, we have about $200 million of assets under management across all funds. We're an SEC-registered investment advisor. Uh, I'm the COO. I joined uh, CTC uh, Trading Group in 2006, and I'll give a little bit of, of background on that. CTC Trading Group is a, a global trading company formed in 1995, uh, and over the past 25 plus years has grown to over 700 employees. Uh, I joined in 2006 to manage uh, finance and operations for one of the trading subsidiaries. And I'll kind of get into why capital management exists and all that, but I'll let Mark introduce himself and, and kind of give his history there. Hey, I've been with uh, the company since 2002. Um, and I've been mostly on the trading side until in the last uh, four to five years, transitioned into real estate where I joined just uh, just in early 2020 uh, to focus exclusively on the the real estate side. And uh, as, as Joe mentioned, uh, our investment vehicles are focused on uh, affordable workforce value at housing in the multifamily space. And Mark, what's your title there? I'm in head of acquisitions. Okay, very cool. Um, so let's let's talk about real estate. So Think Realty, um, our podcast, um, reaches out to a ton of residential and commercial real estate investors. And you've got hundreds of thousands of people in our network, people that come to the podcast, or our shows, our conferences, our magazines. And a lot of people have moved from um, investing primarily in single family and moved into multifamily investing. Um, primarily, it's because of the lack of inventory. You know, they're They've been squeezed on margins. They're finding it difficult to find the lending to make their margins work for them. And yet they still have capital and they're investors by nature. So they're always looking. So if you don't mind, talk about the nature of your business and how you guys kind of service this group of people that are out there that are either already transitioned, they've already transitioned into multifamily investing, or maybe they're considering uh, the transition into multifamily investment. And maybe I'll tackle our fund from a fund perspective, uh, Mark, sure. and then you can talk about maybe the operating platform. Um, so I mentioned, yeah, we we manage closed-end funds, uh, as Mark said, focused on affordable multifamily. Uh, we launched our first fund in 2017. And uh, we really, you know, most of our capital or all of our capital 
up until the last fund launch was all internal capital here with CTC. So really we're, we're forming these vehicles, um, you know, as a way to build a diversified portfolio for our investor base and also provide a below uh, market fee structure for our investors to participate. Uh, so we launched our fourth fund last year, uh, raised about $40 million. And, um, you know, again, we, we think our platform is pretty unique um, because it allows, again, a kind of a, a better fee structure than other closed-end private equity funds out there focused on real estate. And the way we structure our underlying investments, which Mark can get into, uh, we participate in other fee income uh, that our fund investors benefit from that other funds just don't really uh, do. So we, we really focus on the GP side of the capital stack uh, and we participate in promote income. Our fund participates in promote income because of that, which allows uh, you know our investors to see outsized returns relative to to other funds vehicles. You know, it, our platform is really geared towards that emerging or established operator who's looking to grow their multifamily business. Um, they're looking, you know, we're looking for people who are experts in their own markets, but are are limited by their own capital base or their balance sheet. So that operator who's looking to transition to a 50 or 100 or 300 unit property, but doesn't have the net worth component to sign on the note or doesn't have the GP capital to go source a larger LP uh, to, to come and fund that project, they can come to us and, and we create a win-win situation where um, they, they manage to grow their business by kind of on our back. And at the same point too, as Joe mentioned, uh, our, our investment participates uh, alongside the GP and the, the promote side. So it, it's really not a big secret as to what where we add value to both sides of the equation, but that's essentially what we're doing. And, uh, and by our, our fund uh, vehicles looking to invest in multifamily, uh, we're not really just a pure uh, co-GP play. We're really a real estate investment company with the ability to invest as a, as a co-GP in these deals. So we'll sign on non-recourse debt and, uh, and fund a, a large portion of that GP slice. That's great. Um, so for you guys, are you primarily investing in certain marketplaces? Um, are you looking in any new markets? Like where is the, the concentration of these investments uh, located? So we'll look anywhere in the U.S. except for California and Arizona. Uh, we'll look in secondary and tertiary markets along with primary markets. Um, in fact, most of our holdings are in smaller markets. Um, we really look for a deal that it has a great story behind it, um, something where there's mismanagement, need of capex, uh, a property that has large vacancy rate and otherwise highly occupied market. Um, any of those factors are attractive to us. Um, we're looking at within the submarket itself. We're looking for various economic drivers of, of uh, income sources for our tenant base. And, uh, and as far as population growth, obviously, the, the more the better. Um, but our most of our investments are 10 to 50-year-old properties. And uh, we like we like a hold time of anywhere from 1 to 10 years, with most of them falling out between 2 to 7 years. Very good. And is there any markets or are there any markets right now that you're highly concentrating on to, to find deals in that you just really like? We really like uh, any market that doesn't have a ton of new supply delivering. Mm -hmm. um, so 
you know, markets kind of in the Midwest, the Northeast are very attractive to us. They didn't have that big wave of supply coming in in the last couple of years. Because uh, what we've noticed, even though a lot of our product is older workforce housing product, there is a trickle down effect uh, when you build a bunch of Class A product and then that developer and lease up is offering, you know, two, three, or four months of concessions. You know, your tenant can, hey, I'll move across the street for a year. Uh, I'll take advantage of uh, a great amount of building. And then within a year, I'll come back and uh, and run from you. But in the meantime, you know, you're losing a year of rent growth and uh, and possibly often concessions yourselves. I know, I've you know, I've got about 4,000 doors myself personally. And I noticed that in the Dallas market when they had, uh, I think it was 2,000 and 21, they had almost 40,000 Class A new units come on board and our lease-ups on our value-add properties were slower. And it was because you're competing, like you said, with these you know programs that they had to, to get them in. And, and if you're looking at a brand new you know uh, unit that's got granite countertops versus you know a unit that's you know 15 years old that's been rehabbed, you know it's like they, they're going to choose the one with the great amenities and the brand new you know products. Um, so I, I like that, and I think that's really, really insightful. Um, and I think it's one of those things like we hear a lot about, like, well, you got to make sure you're going where the population is, or you have to go there where there's revenue drivers, which are all what what everyone says they're underwriting multifamily deals. But I think what you just said was a really insightful piece of, of like, you know, being also very careful with how many Class A units are coming on uh, online in that specific area in a in a proximity to when you're going to be doing your lease ups and really finding you know because again that that's where we all make our money in multifamily right is that short window where the 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 property can perform well and getting it performing as quick as possible um so very very good um for an, an investor that um you know has been uh, primarily investing in single family maybe they've dabbled a little bit in multifamily um if you don't mind uh why and what is the benefit of a fund um, versus just jumping into a one-off syndication deal or me going and taking a 10 or 12 unit down myself, right? If I'm an investor versus I've got 50 units and now I'm going to go take down a small multi. Um, what's the benefit of the fund? Why, why would you, you know, encourage them to maybe consider this route? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about diversification first, um, building a diversified portfolio of multifamily and not being overexposed to one submarket or one operator. You know, one of the one of the things that we pride ourselves on is being partners with our underlying operating partners. So the amount of due diligence that we do uh, on the front end of these investments and then having, you know, trying to build systematic relationships with these partners is is unique. And I think that have, being a one-off investor, it's very hard to build uh, that type of scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you see um, as far as in the marketplace coming up? I mean, I, I always ask the crystal ball type questions and nobody really knows. I mean, obviously interest rates are moving and supply is difficult to find. And, you know, you've got a lot, especially in the multi-space, you got a lot of uh, assets that, um, you know, bridge debts kind of coming due. They're not performing like they should. They're struggling to find long-term uh, you know, institutional capital and, you know, so like, what, what do you see? I mean, if you had to predict something or you see something on the horizon, is there anything that you could give us as far as insight on, on the multifamily marketplace? Sure. We continue to see a, uh, huge shortage of housing units across the nation, depending on your source in the next 10 years, America needs three to 7 million housing units. Um, that's not going to change. You can't build a 
a new 20-year-old product and offer $1,000 a month rents. No, you're going to build a class A new building. And, uh, and with that in mind, that's our underlying belief of why we like and focus on this sector of the multifamily uh, housing. If you look at development, yes, there's a lot of product being delivered now, but as you mentioned, with interest rates where they're at um, and, and cost of construction going on, there's a huge drop off in, in expected deliverables beyond 2026, which further is going to uh, enhance the need for housing. Um, so, so we think right now, just the overall themes to find good markets, find good operators, find good deals, and uh, and, and you'll be rewarded. Yeah, very, very good. Um, you know, as I as I look at the multifamily space, I'm extremely bullish on the the marketplace upcoming because of exactly what you just talked about. I mean we have a fundamental economic problem and that is is we lack supply and and then inside of that supply we lack supply that's actually affordable and so when you look at you know the asset class that you guys are dealing in um, you know that workforce housing is is going away i mean it is it is it is almost impossible to find it in certain marketplaces so um, you know i think that if i was a real estate investor and i am um, you know, I would look at this opportunity to make sure that I am, like you said, diversifying into as many opportunities as I can and making sure that I'm not so hyper-focused on what I've always known because what we've always known is not playing out today, right? Like, I mean, it, it's everything that we expected. I mean, all the stuff that's going on in the Middle East as of just recently, like should have caused a very specific activity in the bond market. And in the exact opposite of what did ha or what should have happened historically happened in the bond market, right? Like it's like we are in uncharted territory. And so, um, to your point, diversification is key. If I have discretionary capital to invest, um, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm you know, spreading risk uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm not completely invested into something that I believe in uh, that maybe has no basis for belief. Um, uh, just kind of last question for you guys. Um, uh, for for the investor um, that is right now sitting there on the fence, they have some liquidity um, and they're just scared, right? They, they hear all the noise of national media and everything else out there. What advice would you give them um, if they're sitting there with liquidity and they're sitting there fearful of investing? Like, how, how do you help them overcome that? I mean, I, th I think... Uh, you know, in real estate specifically, I think it's like we've talked about all these points on on what a, a great kind of asset class it is, and it continues to be. Um, you know, rent growth is still in most cases, depending on what you look at, is still positive trending. So, you know, to be in a, a real estate asset, uh, I think you know, for a little bit more, you know, I'd say predictable, but a little more predictable um, scenario, I think it's it's a it's a good asset class to be in now in this environment, uh, especially now that pricing, you know, is down in the multifamilies, you know, take it, you know, 15 to 25%. So you're getting in at a good entry point. And we talked about, you know, construction coming online, this existing product, you know, can be had now at, at a pretty good value if you look in the right places. Yeah, very, very good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining the show today. Um, they can find uh, information out about you at ctccapitalmanagement.com. Uh, and I would highly encourage uh, any of our viewers or listeners today to go to ctccapitalmanagement.com and see what these guys have to offer, uh, see if their offer makes sense for you. Um, and I do want to encourage you as a real estate investor, um, do, do not take the mindset of a consumer. Take the mindset of an investor. An investor, uh, while all consumers are running out, are cautiously running in. 
because uh, as a third generation real estate investor myself, I know where I always make the most amount of money. And that is, is not necessarily when I'm going down or up, it's when the market is moving. When the market is moving, a savvy, sophisticated real estate investor finds the opportunity in that movement and they find, uh, and they find the opportunity and they seize it. And so take the investor mindset today. Uh, get exposed to a lot of opportunities just like this one and uh, make some wise decisions and don't just sit on your hands. Allow this market to help you find the wealth and legacy that you want. Thanks guys so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it and look forward to catching up soon. Thank you. Thanks. One quick thank you to our podcast sponsor um, and that's Residential Assisted Living Academy. Um, and uh, she is going to uh, take a quick moment and talk to you about something very important. Hey there, I'm Isabel Garino from the Residential Assisted Living Academy. We teach and train real estate investors and entrepreneurs how to own and operate residential assisted living homes to care for seniors. Now, the cash flow is amazing, and I'm gonna show you that in just a moment, but the impact is even bigger and better. If you've ever had a loved one who needed home care and assistance and you didn't know what to do or where to turn and a big commercial facility was the only thing you could think of, trust me, there's more. I wanna show you and teach you all about it. It's a residential home in a residential setting, housing anywhere from six to 16 seniors. And let me tell you, you do not have to work in the home, you do not have to live in the home or care for the seniors yourself, you, own the real estate and own the business. And you get to operate it quite hands off. Let me show you the numbers to see if you're even more excited. Come on. The average cost of care in our country today is $4,500 per month per person. Now, it could cost way more or way less depending on where you live and what you need, right? Your level of care and then also the amenities within the home. But the average number in our country today, $4,500 per month per person. You're allowed to have somewhere between six and 16 residents in your home. So we'll use 10 for easy math times 10. This would be bringing us in $45,000 every single month of gross income. Woo! But we know that there's expenses. Well, you've got to pay for the caregivers, the administrator, the food, the cable, the liability insurance, you name it, all in for 10 residents. It's probably around $30,000 a month. And then of course, we have our debt service. Now, in most parts of the country, we could still get a pretty nice home for about $5,000 per month. This would be leaving us with 10 thousand dollars of monthly net income or hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year on one single family home being used as a residential assisted living home to house and care for seniors i've never seen returns like this on single family investing until residential assisted living this is game-changing money this is life-changing money now, I teach and train people how to do this and I'd love to share with you more. If you want to grab a free webinar, a free book, or chat with me or my team, you can schedule a call at ral101.com. We'd love to see you there and show you how to do good and do well with residential assisted living. Thanks as well so much for being a part of uh, the show today. Uh, and thank you for words of wisdom there. Uh, also, uh, if you haven't already made uh, plans to being uh, to coming to our March 28th and 29th Think Realty Conference in Phoenix, Arizona, make sure you make plans to be there. Uh, and you can actually get 
a buy one, get one free ticket uh, at thinkreally.com. If you use the word podcast, all capital letters, podcast, we'd love to see you in Phoenix on March 28th and 29th. It'll be a great show. It's the first time Think Really has been to Phoenix. We've been on the West Coast. We've been all over Texas, the Northeast, the South, uh, Southeast. But first time in Phoenix, we'd love to see you out there. We know how we'll have hundreds of people that will join you and join us uh, as we take our journey of real estate investing together. If you haven't picked up our, la our latest uh, magazine, make sure you go to Barnes & Noble and pick it up off the bookshelves. Or you can go to thinkreally.com and subscribe and have it sent right to your doorstep. Thanks so much for being a part of the podcast today. Uh, make sure to connect with us on social, leave us feedback, and make sure to go visit our friends that we just talked to uh, at CTC Capital Management. Have a great day, guys. Thank you.